Off the Ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. Catch all the sports you love free on the Air Sport Pack with Air Broadband. You're welcome, Max. So we're talking to Robert Klemko very shortly about scenes in the NFL all across yesterday, starting in Wembley and uh, right through the evening. Extraordinary, unprecedented scenes. Richie is back with us. Cork City 1-0 up, courtesy of an own goal. Yeah, Cork have the lead as they look to secure the SSE or Tristy Premier Division title. But as Ushin Langell will tell us from Turner's Cross, they should be further ahead, Ushin. They absolutely should be. I'll tell you about the goal first. It came on 20 minutes. A Buckley shot was saved by Rogers. Horse slid in to try and get it away. But it came off Gartland and went in. It was right in front of the shed end. After that, Cork City had three very decent chances. Rogers had a great save from Buckley after 29 minutes. Dooley hit a low shot from outside the box after 29 minutes, or 36 minutes, I beg your pardon, which Rogers saved well on 36 minutes Dooley lifted the ball into the box to Kyohan he had a heavy first touch and that kind of put him into trouble Rogers closed him down and he put his end shot over the crossbar Cork City have been the better team but it's still only 1-0 on the stroke of half time it's been feisty by the way we've had three yellow cards Richie back to you yeah plenty of robust challenges going in tonight at the cross that one kicked off at 7.20 as Ushie mentioned the other game tonight here at home kicked off at 7.45 at Richmond Park still St. Pat's nil Shamrock Rovers nil victory for the hosts was see them move out of the relegation zone uh, Gareth Barry has made a record 633rd appearance for a Premier League outfit he is uh, starting for West Brom tonight away to Arsenal 6 and a bit minutes gone there nearly 7 and it still scores a few empty seats around the Emirates tonight which means of course that it is a sellout uh, in boxing Ireland claimed 2 medals today at the European Junior Championships in Bulgaria Cork's Callum Walsh claimed the lightweight title with a unanimous decision win over the home favourite Stylian Hristov while Dean Clancy took silver in the flyweight division after a narrow split decision loss to Russia's Boris Karaban wherever you heard that before and it's been another decent day for Ireland at the World Rowing Championships in Florida most recently Sunita Paspora finished second in her heat of the women's single skulls while earlier Afra Kill and Aileen Crowley came third in the heat of the women's pair both boats qualified for their respective repechage Joe Richie thanks very much so we'll turn to those scenes in the NFL we'll try and uh, piece together what happened over the 72 hours of the weekend what had been since uh, Kaepernick last year a very visible but still modest round of anthem protests uh, this season obviously minus uh, Kaepernick this season led by a handful of African American players morphed over uh, Sunday into a nationwide rebuke to Donald Trump it was an extraordinary day in the NFL and it started with a protest in Wembley Stadium that Wembley Stadium protest featured and included the Jags owner Shad Khan on the pitch linking arms with his team, a man who had given Donald Trump a million dollars in his presidential campaign. Across the day, players, backroom staff and other owners joined in. Some knelt, some stayed inside, some linked arms. Every team that played yesterday participated in some form of demonstration in, again, unprecedented scenes. Some examples to give you, both the Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans stayed inside their dressing rooms for the anthem. The Steelers had done the same in Chicago earlier that day. With the Steelers inside, the Chicago Bears players stood on the sidelines with their arms locked. The New England Patriots, first time we've seen a Patriot uh, player take part in any kind of protest. Uh, The New England Patriots, including Tom Brady, stood with their arms locked. They were booed by a number of their own fans in liberal old Boston town. The anthem singer at the Seahawks-Titans game kneeled at the end of her performance, as did the singer at the Lions-Falcons game, who also raised his fist. So it went on in all the games, right across the league, pretty amazing scenes. So what changed this relatively uh, modest uptake in protests to what we saw in week three? 
Donald Trump is the very short answer to that question. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you have a lot of time in your hands, you can watch the full 83-minute Donald Trump speech at a rally in Alabama. He was there for a candidate in a Republican primary. And he spoke about everything from Hillary Clinton to North Korea to John McCain and all the usual uh, Trump subjects of choice. It seemed he was just riffing in uh, large chunks of it. And he got on to the NFL. So uh, Trump, pretty much out of nowhere, turned his attention on Friday night in Alabama to the NFL and the protests, the relatively modest number of protests we'd been seeing during anthems. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Some owner's going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know it. They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know. They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country because that's a total disrespect of our heritage. That's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for, okay? Everything that we stand for. But you know what's hurting the game more than that? When people like yourselves turn on television and you see those people taking the knee when they're playing our great national anthem... The only thing you could do better is if you see it, even if it's one player, leave the stadium. I guarantee things will stop. Things will stop. Just pick up and leave. Pick up and leave. That was Friday night. Not content with picking a fight with the entire NFL, Trump was also publicly attacking Steph Curry, uninviting him from the White House. This, as LeBron James pointed out, calling Trump a bum, after Curry had not accepted the invitation to the White House initially. So Saturday morning, after Trump's uh, speech in Alabama against the NFL, Saturday morning, Curry's coach was uh, is, of course, um, Steve Kerr at the Warriors. And so he spoke, he explained why the Warriors would be ignoring the traditional visit of NBA, NBA champions to the White House. We would, in normal times, very easily be able to set aside political differences and go visit and have a great time and, and be awesome. But these are not ordinary times. Um, probably the most device, divisive times in my life. Uh, I guess since Vietnam, but I was just a kid. I don't remember too much about Vietnam. But uh, because of the differences that exist in the country, um, president made it really, really difficult um, for us to honor that institution. And um, our differences, I think, in terms of our team and our organization's values are so dramatically different. I'm talking in terms of inclusion and, and civil discourse and dignity. And it's hard for us every day. You know, we're seeing the things he's saying. I thought yesterday his comments about the NFL players was as bad as anything he has said to this point. So it's awful. You're talking about young men who are peacefully protesting police brutality and racism, racial inequality, peacefully protesting, hallmarks of our country. Come on. This has been very difficult for us to, uh, to have to reconcile, put it that way. 
Steve Kerr speaking there on Saturday. So then finally back to the NFL. Commissioner Roger Goodell issued a statement condemning the Trump Friday night rally comments. Trump allies turned on him, including Patriots owner Robert Kraft, who released a strong statement, and others like Kraft, who had given millions to Trump's presidential campaign. And then Sunday unfolded and we saw the protests. There was uh, also another ally of Trump's, the uh, former Jets head coach, Rex Ryan. Here's a sample of what he was saying. He had introduced then-candidate Trump at a presidential campaign rally back in April 2016. He was speaking on ESPN. Like, I'm pissed off, I'll be honest with you, you know, because I supported uh, Donald Trump. You know, I I sat back and uh, when he asked me to uh, introduce him at a rally, you know, in in Buffalo, I did that. But I'm reading these comments and it's it's appalling to me. And I'm sure it's appalling to, to almost any citizen in our country. It should be. I mean, you know, calling our players... You know, SOBs and all that kind of stuff. That's not the that's not the men that I know. The men that I know in the locker room, I'm proud of. I'm proud to be associated with those people. And it's just so, you know, I apologize for being pissed off. But guess what? That's it. Because right away, I'm associated with what Donald Trump stands for and all that because, you know, I introduced him. I never signed up for that. I never wanted that. We're joined on the line by Robert Klemko from Sports Illustrated. Thanks for uh, listening in and hanging on for all that, Robert. Good evening. That's uh, hard to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Can you uh, put us right? These are unprecedented scenes in the history of American sport. Yeah, and, and I mean, social media just in, in the NFL world right now is just so difficult to keep up with because the reactions and the follow-ups are, are just everywhere. Um, and there's so much misdirection and misinformation. I, I don't even know where to start. But uh, yesterday was uh, a bizarre, uh, an interesting day in the NFL. Um, you saw players taking all different tacks in, in protesting not only what Trump said, but in continuing the ongoing um, demonstrations in protest of police brutality and you know racial inequality in the United States. And I think that uh, what gets lost is is that, you know, this is seen as this major backlash to Donald Trump, and the NFL then can have owners embrace with players and preach a message of unity. Um, but this all started around Colin Kaepernick's conversation about police brutality. Mm. And I think that that's something that's being overlooked now. Yeah. There was, uh, the New Yorker called it a uh, a political elasticity of uh, the protest yesterday. And, and like there, there is a broad uh, church of interpretation when we're trying to talk about what was being protested. So taking the knee meant different things. Uh, standing with arms linked uh, also meant different things. Uh, Kaepernick, we know because he spoke so eloquently for so long through last season, his opposition was to uh, a structured inequality. He talked a lot about police brutality. Others yesterday, it was simply about free speech. It was about the right to peaceful protest. Some guys were just angry Donald Trump had called them SOBs. Uh, Some guys presumably were just supporting their teammates. I presume a number of the owners who stood uh, linking arms with their players are not men used to being pushed around by anybody, including Donald Trump. So trying to decipher and, and make sense of what each individual protest was directly aimed at is very difficult at this point. It is. And I think that what Trump's comments did, and I don't know if this is intentional or not on his part, um, but they um, boosted this narrative that the protests are an affront 
to uh, the soldiers who have died and sacrificed for the flag. Um, what we forget is that the tradition of the team and players standing out um, in front of the flag for the national anthem only began in 2009 as part of the National Football League's um, alliance with the Department of Defense. Mm. Um, for years, since 9-11, the league has billed the Department of Defense um, for um, the giant flag displays, um, the flyovers, um, the you know ho- hosting uh, members of the military to um, be on hand during games, um, and the Department of Defense is happy to pay for all of this because it's uh, you know it's an advertisement for the armed services. Yeah, there was a John um, John and, and uh, John McCain inquiry a couple of years ago, which really exposed this and the huge sums of money. And really, as you said, that this was just a very cynical uh, recruitment tool. This was not about patriotism in its truest form. This was about getting impressionable young men into the army. Sure, you could make that argument. And and I think that the players who have protested the anthem, um, you, you know, because of police brutality and, and inequality, um, one of the big arguments against them and one of the big condemnations of, of their their stance is that it disrespects the flag mm-hmm. itself. Um, and, and I think Donald Trump um, kind of massaged this fetishization uh, of, you know, the symbols of our democracy without a real understanding of, um, you know, actual democracy, the right that people have um, to silent protest. Robert, as yesterday kicked off with the protests in Wembley and we saw Khan, the owner there, uh, Shad Khan, linking arms with his players, a man who'd given a million dollars to Trump, were we expecting it to kick off in such a widespread fashion? I think that Khan um, set the blueprint for uh, a lot of different owners to kind of follow the same tact. I mean, Dan Snyder, who also gave a million dollars to Trump during the campaign, linked arms with his players. Uh, What Trump did gave the NFL uh, an incredible PR opportunity to now frame the protest about unity, Mm. um, about inclusiveness, about diversity within the NFL, Mm. um, when, again, the protest started for an entirely different reason. Um, I I think that the NFL has to come away from this this weekend feeling really good about the optics of this, Mm. having stood up to a very unpopular president. Yeah. Uh, The optics are still up for grabs in many ways, like Trump in a quite comical way, as maybe only Trump could in this instance. He himself interpreted the players who stood with locked arms as uh, his words, great solidarity for our national anthem and for our country. Now, Donald Trump is the only person who took the players standing with linked arms as uh, solidarity for the anthem. I mean, the the players linking arms were fairly clear here, was also seen as a rebuke generally to Trump. Yeah, and the, and the team that kind of set the trend on that front is the Seattle Seahawks. Last year, um, for the entire season, they linked arms during the national anthem. Um, and I think that it didn't have the desired impact, um, the interpretation that it was a form of protest of the anthem that some of the players wanted. Mm. And that's why uh, many of them stayed, or that's why the entire team stayed in the locker room uh, during the anthem. Um, before the Tennessee Titans uh, Seahawks game yesterday, you were at that so, game. I'm right uh, in saying, yeah. I was at the game. Yeah. What was the reaction? How were the teams greeted when they came out on the field after staying in for the anthem? Yeah, it was a weird feeling because typically um, before the anthem, the home team comes out to you know raucous cheers, and then 
the uh, away team comes out to booze. And really, it was just kind of like them not being there for the anthem had sucked the wind out of the place. And um, the the fans booed not only the Titans, but the Seahawks. Uh, I'm sorry, not only the Seahawks, but the Titans as well there in Tennessee. Right. So I saw as well the um, the Boston fans. There was, I think, in Massachusetts was liberal old, old uh, Irish town, Democrats everywhere. But um, in the Gillette Stadium, the Boston or the Patriots fans uh, booed the Patriots. It was the first time a Patriot player had engaged in any kind of protest. Uh, the Boston Herald, Herald uh, reported shouts of stand up as uh, players knelt. Obviously, Robert Kraft had come out. He was pals with the president, as was... Uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady as well. They'd all come out, or actually just Kraft in particular had come out and said he was deeply disappointed in Trump. But but back to the fans. So uh, booze in the Gillette Stadium, booze where you were. Uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, I know, uh, stood on the sideline with their arms locked. There were booze there. Like, is Trump looking at all this in his uh, slightly perverse way, thinking, mm, I've got the silent majority with me here looking at the stadiums, or, or how much booing was there? Right. Well, I think it's it's easy to think of uh, an NFL city as being, you know, a predominantly liberal city and then judging fan reactions based on that. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd think Boston, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, these are traditionally liberal places. Um, but you have to remember that the people who have the expendable income it takes to attend an NFL game is not a diverse crowd. Mm. It's, it's a predominantly upper-middle-class, uh, wealthy, white crowd. Um, so I think you're going to have that uh, conservative element in, in just about every stadium uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was only in Tennessee, um, but, you know, what I've heard from around the league is that, you know, it was pretty noticeable how upset fans were. Um, at the same time, you had players' families in the stands. Um, you had African-Americans in the stands in every stadium, uh, and, and, you know, white Americans, too, who sat for the anthem, and you didn't hear any reports of fights or confrontations, um, which was, uh, you know, a blessing, um, but also a sign that this is not a hill that people are willing to die on and get kicked out of a football game for. I think, uh, you know, in some way, Trump would have benefited from um, fights in the stands because, you know, I think part of his goal in all of this is to sow chaos um, and to distract from some of the very obvious failings of his administration, um, the the legislative work that he's been unable to do uh, despite pledging to do over and over again during the campaign. Mm. So again, I mean, mean, we're going to get into what's going to happen next weekend, I suppose. And again, just to get, it's such a broad interpretation of what's gone on here and what people are protesting against. For instance, people might be curious to see what Tom Brady had to say afterwards. He stood and linked arms with his teammates. He's obviously been in cahoots with Trump. Here's uh, Brady being asked after the game about what he was thinking. Tom, the player that made the game-running reception was booed before the game because he took a knee. What are your thoughts on that? Like I said, I got a lot of love for my teammates. I mean, we go through a lot together. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I don't think it's easy to play this sport. I mean, there's a lot of guys sacrifice a lot. The president said that was unacceptable. Do you agree with that? I'm not getting into any of that. I mean, I I, you know, like I said, I, I speak for myself, and, you know, I believe what I believe. Because, of course, Republicans buy sneakers too, Robert. So that's Brady. So you mentioned Kaepernick, and that's lost in all this. Kaepernick started this very powerful but simple uh, protest last year. 
structured inequality. It's a long-term vision for the country that he's talking about here. Police brutality is key for him. Uh, by the same token, yesterday we had uh, Ray Lewis, a retired Ravens linebacker, a vocal opponent of Kaepernick's tactic, who also took the knee at Wembley. So you have uh, two ends of the spectrum here. You have uh, Julius Thomas, the Miami Dolphin, spoke very uh, well about uh, free speech. That's what this was about for him. And I saw the Miami players had Kaepernick t-shirts, hashtag I'm with Cap, uh, during their warm-ups. So, I mean, like the Kaepernick uh, protest doesn't go away next weekend, but maybe if you're just about Trump and free speech, you feel like this weekend your protest made its point and you proceed in future and continue to observe the anthem. And it's hard to know what to expect as we go forward. Yeah, and I think the big factor here is Trump himself. You know, he continued to tweet about it this morning, uh, heaped praise on NASCAR, took another shot at the NFL. So um, I think that if he continues to make it an issue, um, all of the people that oppose him just based on who he is will continue to protest the anthem. Mm. Um, but there are there are African-American players um, and players who protested in, in this weekend's anthem who uh, do associate, um, you know, our, our military history, our veterans abroad, and uh, feelings of patriotism with standing up and uh, honoring the flag during the national anthem, who, if Trump hadn't said any of this, might not have ever knelt, might not have ever abstained from observing the anthem, and probably would have never even been asked uh, about their feelings on all of this. So uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to overstate how much of a uh, powder keg Trump's initial comments and tweets were. Mm. When you refer to men in the NFL as, as SOBs, mm. I mean, these are guys with a lot of pride who, you know, are going to stand up to something like this. One player said when he heard the SOB line, he really thought what you mean is black SOBs. Yeah, and I think that that was an undertone that a lot of people inferred. Um, Trump himself never said black, but it has only been black players who have protested the anthem. Um, I think that the people who um, take the most offense to what Trump said um, feel like he's misinterpreting um, what they're actually protesting. Mm. Uh, and, and as I mentioned before, the idea that they're disrespecting the flag, uh, disrespecting the soldiers who fought for it, that's, I believe, the biggest point of contention for most of the players who did turn around and protest yesterday. Uh, you mentioned NASCAR. They've come out and, and threatened fines and, and suspensions for any participants who don't observe the anthem. The uh, commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, came out in support of Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Goodell came out in support of what we saw over the weekend in the NFL. What about Kaepernick and all of this, uh, Robert? Has he said anything? He hasn't, and, and he's had a, a long-standing policy of, of not doing um, big interviews um, and I think that in some ways it's hurt him in, in his quest to find another job. Mm-hmm. Although I can't say that if he had done an interview and clarified um, some of the points that people are making on his behalf, that he would have any better chance to be in the NFL. Um, but I think that, it, you know, I think that he could as a big opportunity here to kind of reframe um, the message. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him do an interview here in the next few days. Mm. I, last point I, and this is difficult because I appreciate how diverse and, and huge the uh, 
country is. For instance, a text in here from Steve and Claire. I'm an Irish American, retired. I'm living in Clare. I serve my country in Vietnam. I've seen good men give their lives. I have no party affiliation, but to shame your flag and the fallen by not giving your flag respect for one minute is shameful. Why can't they protest one minute before or after the anthem? So I presume that is a very popular opinion across America, and that is what Trump is courting, and that's not going to go away anytime soon. So how ugly does all this get? It's an extremely popular opinion, and you 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 can see arguments on both sides, but you know, there are people who just simply don't make that association um, and who would, who would say that um, quelling protest of any kind is less democratic and less American um, than the protests of themselves. Uh, I think it all depends on Trump. He can make it as ugly as he wants to make it, or he can let it fade away. The NFL and, and you know, our sports dialogue in this country right now is completely at his mercy. Robert, thanks as ever. Really appreciate it. We'll keep uh, an eye on your work in Sports Illustrated. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Robert Klemko there with uh, his thoughts on what's been going on. We'll talk to Kevin Blackestone tomorrow. who will be a really interesting guest on this. We couldn't get uh, him on the show this evening, but we'll talk to him tomorrow evening. Fire in your uh, tweets or texts, any thoughts on it, and we'll see, no doubt, what <laughs> no doubt there'll be more developments somehow over the next 24 hours. Latest in the two matches on this evening here at home, Cork City 1-0 up still on Dundalk, 48 minutes on the clock there, and we're half an hour into the game between Arsenal and West Brom. It's 1-0 Arsenal, Lacazette with the goal for them. Off the ball on News Talk in association with the Air Sport app, allowing you to cast your favourite sporting action from your tablet or mobile phone straight to your TV.